It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome into the Awesome Old Fantasy Football Show and the Awesome Old Fantasy Football Channel. Week two nearly in the books, and we have a lot to look back on a really busy Sunday. Some ups, some MVPs of the weekend, and some downs, including a bunch of injuries that we're going to have to sift through. It is a Monday, so we're going to get you prepared, fully prepared, on any waiver wire activity where you can get ahead in your season-long fantasy football leagues. And we'll tell you all about an amazing opportunity. Take advantage of what we're doing with Yahoo here as well. New users are going to get two free months of Awesome Plus Platinum with your first deposit and first paid contest entry. Just keep using that two free months again of Awesome Plus Platinum. Here's the deal. It's myself, Ben Rasa, Dave Loffy's in the house as well. So at Loffy underscore D, at Jazz Raz DFS, at Shander Show for me and Gentlemen, a bunch of injuries. We're definitely going to focus on some negative, but we thought we would start on a positive note at the very least before we just get inundated with guys going down. It was like the VA out there over the weekend. Everybody in every game, it felt like, was at risk of going down. So we'll start on some positive stuff at least first. But look, we're almost done with week two. We're trucking along. Pretty good things so far going on with this show. Speak for yourself, man. Yeah, seriously. Uh, okay, well, let, let, should we start over? Should we have Chris bring the intro back in? And should I say what a shitty weekend it was for our season-long fantasy football teams and season how long. desperate we need to work the waiver wire, Luffy? Is that easier for you? To be fair, season-long was phenomenal. I, I'm not going to lie. I've just been crushing season-long league. But uh, the DFS streets the first two weeks have not been kind to me. I'll tell you that much. And, uh, you know, that's it's all, it's all the same thing in the end. So, look. It happens. It was a strange week. The level of parity in the NFL, <clears throat> P-A-R-I-T-Y. Right. It, just to clarify that, the level of parity in the NFL right now is <laughs> off the charts. Like, it is through the roof, and it's going to happen, right? And you're going to have good weeks. You're going to have bad weeks. That's why season long is great, because you essentially just play your best players every week. In DFS, though, it's a, it's a different ball game, and there are just going to be spots that look great, and you completely whiff. Uh, and other spots that don't look good and you whiff by not getting to them. And, of course, the injury bug was was pretty prominent yesterday. And while quarterbacks, generally speaking, were mostly QB2 guys that you'd be talking about in Superflex or two QB leagues, their absence has a trickle-down, heavy trickle-down effect to their pass catchers, to their running backs, pretty much everything if the offense stalls out in the event that they go down. 
The injuries definitely hurt. Uh, DFS was actually all right. The betting side for me, uh, oh. a couple teams got there, but the props were just not my week. A couple guys got hurt uh, right under their numbers. A couple others just were no shows. I'm with you, the Lafayette. Ironically, my season long teams actually so far so good. Uh, minimal major injuries. Everything is going nice there, but uh, a little frustration. We're going to write the ship and, and we're going to dive into because. This week felt like truly a lot of teams suffered, uh, maybe not catastrophic injuries, but things we have to be aware of as, as we get into week three. Yeah, I, I think looking at our biggest takeaways, we're going to talk about some MVPs that won the weekend either for us or just overall and some guys to keep an eye on, especially after maybe a breakout performance that was needed following nothing week one or just being on our radars as a whole. But we will talk a lot about the injuries and, and get some more questions and concerns that you have on the chat, smash that thumbs up button and make sure you're subscribed, of course, to the awesome fantasy football channel. So let's start again with some positivity at least. And we can look at an MVP and then maybe a guy that we either weren't expecting to have a breakout or had enough of a performance at least to where it's worth right here. So let's start with your Lofty. Let's start with your MVP over the weekend. Oh, it's, it's Derrick Henry. I, 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 there, there are some really good ones. Don't get me wrong, but Derrick Henry for me is the clear surefire MVP of week two. And I don't know how to get around that. I mean, let's think about this The guy touched the ball 41 times. Okay. He had 35 carries 182 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, if, if, if you're looking at this offense as a whole too, you'd say, Oh, yeah, but, I mean, that sucks for the passing game. Not really. Ryan Tannehill was chucking it as well. He tossed the ball over 40 times as well. But what I loved about Derrick Henry wasn't just the three scores or the 182 yards on the ground or the 35 rushing attempts, but he he tied Julio Jones for the team lead in targets, and he had six receptions on the day, which also led the team 55 yards receiving. And the funny thing is about him, uh, Matt Kajeski and I talked about this on the DFS channel today during our uh, showdown strategy show, that the crazy thing about Henry is it's not like he's even a bad pass catcher. It's not like he has a crazy high drop rate. It's not like he can't create yards after the catch, which he did yesterday on multiple occasions. And it's not like Jeremy McNichols is some you know incredible pass catching back destined for greatness and James White type success at the position. None of that is true. So consider this. If Derrick Henry continues, he's not going to get 35 carries, 41 touches every week. But if Derrick Henry continues to see some involvement in the passing game, right? This was um, by far the most receptions that he has ever had, right? In a game. Right. He had, I mean, think, dude, he had no more than, he had three receptions in week one last year. Other than that, no more than two in a game. He had three twice the season prior to that. No more than that before. No more than three targets in a game. Six targets, Okay. And now he has 10 targets in two games. Derrick Henry goes from like the third or fourth pick in, in, in redraft leagues. Forget about PPR or standard at this point. If he can average even four targets a game, Derrick Henry, no doubt, could finish as the PPR number one, PPR one back in, in standard, half point and full point PPR at this pace. It, it's weird because, you know, when I, when I was looking before the season, Derrick Henry's targets have gone up every year of his career it seems like they i don't know let me ask you guys do you think it's because they want to limit his already absurd volume and they figure okay we can find other guys to kind of Absolutely. utilize that pass catching role we don't want to give that to him absolutely too, 
because yeah. clearly he can do it. You're right. It's just they seem like they don't want that to happen, considering the guy's already got 35 carries in the game. But, like, what if he is their best pass catching back and the offensive line is clearly a problem right now? So do you just say, you know what? We we got to give him 35 carries and we got to give him five targets if he's open. That seems. I think the touches are – I guess my response to that would be game flow. And I know that sounds somewhat like a cop-out, but we know the game flow for him running the ball is not going to change. They could be down 10 points. He's got that breakout. We saw it yesterday against the Seahawks, that huge run. So I, I think from the running and the attempt standpoint, it was just a matter of time before he bounced back. Everybody bounced back from that horrific week one. But to your point about catching and targeting, I think that games are going to allow for him to be more involved if, in fact, they continue to throw the football to where there's not some set number where he's on some sort of pitch count for targets. So just the last thing I have on this is if the if the pass blocking is as bad as it has looked through the first two weeks and it does not look particularly good at all, um, then if you want him on the field, you're going to see a little bit more Derrick Henry. Ben's point is 100% correct. And so is yours, Aton. like game flow. Yes, if you're playing with the lead, there's no reason to target Derrick Henry, right? There isn't much reason to target a lot of running backs outside of like the McCaffreys and the Camaras when you don't need to. But yeah, if they're locked in to shootouts, which I imagine you're going to see a lot of that this season because they have a good, efficient offense, but bad pass blocking and a middle-of-the-road defense, all I'm saying is four targets per game from Derrick Henry makes a pretty, pretty significant difference just in his long-term projection because if he's adding even five points on receptions each week, that's that's adding five points to already hefty totals every single Sunday. Hi, right, Rosso. Who's your MVP of the weekend? I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Uh, just, again, this Rams offense, they looked unbelievable against the Bears, and then you get into a situation – Cooper Cup just dominated again. Nine catches, a buck sixty-three, two touchdowns. You know, we we I think there was a lot of questions about a how would Stafford look, and then b where would the targets break down? How would Woods and Van Jefferson in the backfield and Cooper Cup and Higby all coexist, and who would be that priority guy? It's only a couple of weeks, but it seems like Cooper Cup is thriving. He's healthy, everything is firing, and Sean McVay, of course, is able to get him the ball. And with these other weapons. It isn't a team, when I look at the Rams, I don't think other defenses are saying, okay, we have to take away Cooper Cup, and that's all we got to worry about. If you do that, they've got ample other guys that are really going to step up. And I think that ability to keep defenses honest, we're going to see some big-time games. He was a must-have in DFS yesterday. It's one of the many reasons uh, that I had some issues because I didn't get to him as much as I should have. But there's no doubting that he is set up to have a monster year if he stays healthy. You know, I yeah. talked about this on the Sunday, on, on yesterday's Deeper Dive with you and Alex, Ben. And uh, the, the one thing I was I was most interested in was, will Cooper Cup be targeted more on the deep ball? Now, I'm not expecting three 20-plus yard targets every game, but he now has uh, two deep targets, so one each week, right? He now has two deep targets and 100 yards and a touchdown on deep balls this season. He has been... Targeted in the red zone, red zone touchdown yesterday, has a marked improvement at quarterback than he did last year. A guy who's willing to 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 sling the ball downfield, but can also hit him on those tight windows, even you know, 15 yards downfield across the middle of the field. Cooper Cup, and and this is I've been banging this drum all year, but also 
it was an unknown. Like there's a lot that you're wrong on when it comes to trying to project these things. It looks like we're going to be right as of now, assuming everybody stays healthy on Cooper cup, because a, he is that good. And it appears that Sean McVay's idea to give up a lot to get Matthew Stafford is paying big dividends already. Yeah. I, I don't see how anybody else is taking away. We talked about van right at the start week one, Robert Woods, there was some concern about how consistent he'd get the football. Cooper Cup is the one guy where there's not going to be any targets or volume taken away from him. He was instrumental. I say was because Nick still has one guy left, but with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Cooper Cup powered or is powering my victory in the awesome OC League this week against Nick Lepre. So I'm rolling all day and every day with Cooper Cup as my number one guy, and it's just refreshing to see that because I think I just go back to this whole thing where if Woods has a big day, if Higby has a big day, somebody else can have a big day, but it's not going to take away at least so far from Cup. That's that's the off. Uh, the thing you were talking about, Luffy, too, they're high efficiency deep balls. Like, you know, mm -hmm. some guys, they get a couple deep passes, but the probability of success is so low, it's not valuable. In this Rams offense, these are such quality targets each and every time. He's going to convert a much higher percentage than your average deep ball just because of the way this offense is designed. So uh, the table is set. Cooper Cup and this Rams team uh, in an elite, just a ridiculous division where the Seahawks are the only team that have a loss so far. Uh, you're going to need him to be active in those divisional games, and I expect he will be. Yeah, and, and one more thing just to consider about Cooper Cup. Uh, you guys will find this, you should find this interesting, and you should see this as a you know, just – an illustration of what type of impact Matthew Stafford has. Last year, Cooper Cup had a 20% air yards target, right? I know it's early in the season, and you'll see this balance maybe a little bit. 20% of his team's air yards. This year, he has 37% of his team's air yards. What a huge difference that is for a guy that can already be a PPR monster. I mean, this is... Ben, you can tell me if this is this is an exaggeration or if this is hyperbole here. But I could see Cooper Cup finishing as a top seven fantasy receiver this year in PPR formats if they continue it even close to this pace. Yeah, I think that comes down to the team more than him, to be honest. The, the Rams have to be this good for that to happen, but I don't think it's a stretch to think that the Rams might be amongst the best teams in the league. Yeah, and the best passing Ronnie. teams in the league. Yeah. Yes, passing teams. Yeah, Chronic Smith, Stafford died and went to heaven. Absolutely. <laughs> just getting out of Detroit, you could argue, is... Yeah. The 49ers backfield heaven. just died. Yes, <laughs> we'll talk about them. Let me hit you with one more MVP. And the guy is now leading the league in passing yardage. When you look at the touchdowns, I think they will come. But for Derek Carr and what he's been doing, especially this offense that wasn't as reliant as maybe people thought on Darren Waller from the majority of that game. Derek Carr has been outstanding 
And especially when you look at in the groupings from passing yards. And again, the touchdowns are going to come. There's some things. Kirk Cousins in a shootout. Jameis Winston all coming in week one. I don't have a concern that those touchdowns won't come. And we start looking, especially if the passing is consistent. But Derek Carr now, two weeks in a row, throwing the football with confidence, definitely blowing me away as far as what he's been able to do, as well as leading his team to two victories. So I would throw Carr in there as well as an MVP conversation because maybe he's not as expected to be up there as a Patrick Mahomes, as a Josh Allen, as a Lamar Jackson. So I thought from Carr's standpoint alone, putting himself in the conversation was worthy of a mention. Damn right. Dude's done it against two good defenses as well. Granted, Baltimore's corners are banged up. That's understandable, but they're still a decent enough defense. And then Pittsburgh defense, you know, I'm on here yesterday on our DFS channel talking about how scary and vaunted the Steelers' defense is. Don't get me wrong. I still think they're good. But Derek Carr has been good. Like, even last year, he was not bad at all. And he basically just had Darren Waller to throw to. And, you know, Nelson Aguilar, sure. But Henry Ruggs was a non-factor. Who knows what's going to happen with Brian Edwards. But the biggest thing for for Derek Carr is if, if Henry Ruggs ends up being legit and you have Darren Waller, this team is going to be really scary offensively. Uh, and last thing I'll say is after two weeks, there are very few things across the league that I can say with any certainty. Like Tampa Bay still has a really good team and Brady's still amazing. Arizona's offense looks unstoppable to some extent. They look very good. The Jets and Jaguars are still dog shit. But outside of that, there have been so many week one to week two differences between yeah. so many of these teams. The Saints, for example, and, and I won't run down the whole list that we go into week three with so many question marks after thinking we knew a little bit of something after week one. Small sample size sports are tough. Yeah, particularly the NFL. Uh, these yeah. teams, no doubt about it. When they drafted Ruggs, it wasn't that I thought he was terrible. It was just I couldn't think of a worse guy to utilize with Derek Carr specifically. And he has shown that he can make those throws and he can utilize Ruggs' speed. That bomb to, to Ruggs yesterday was fantastic and that's just something i didn't think they have so if they can get him certainly waller is is waller is a matchup nightmare drake you know gives them something even without jacobs i'm still not sold that the raiders are any good to be honest uh two really impressive wins and it looks a hell of a lot better when baltimore beats the chiefs uh, you know that's that's obviously that just shows the nfl though is kind of ridiculous with that uh very impressive start Derek carr looks great I'd be lying, though, if I said that I'm, I'm ready to anoint him just yet. I know you guys aren't saying that, but I'm still a little skeptical that the Raiders are, and Carr specifically are, are off to some ridiculous trajectory. Whereas like Stafford and the Rams, I put that in the category of the Bucks and those teams. They're going to be good. All right, it wasn't all good. Speaking of which, a bunch of injuries and a reminder here, hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed, of course, to the Awesome o Fantasy Football channel and take advantage New Yahoo users, two free months of Awesome O Plus Platinum with your first deposit and first paid entry in your contest. You cannot beat that. 90 some odd dollars a month, right, Lofi? Yeah, nine, 89.99 is monthly value. 89.99, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a dumb deal. Like, it really is. I mean, it's, it's dumb in the We're sense. giving money you, away. Yeah, it, if you don't do it. Like, if you're not signed up at Yahoo yet, the Daily Fantasy Sports, first of all, it's fun, and it's softer than any of these other big sites. That's the big thing. It's soft. Um, our own Matt Gajewski was saying, like, if you're not playing Yahoo Cash, and I'm not, so I have to start. 
if you're not playing Yahoo Cash games right now, you're throwing money away. So uh, really? all you have to do okay. is yeah, deposit ten dollars, play one play one tournament or play one contest. And even if you want the tools right away and you didn't play a contest yet, but you deposited ten bucks, just email us at support at awesome Get two free months of Awesome Plus Platinum every day. Football, baseball, hockey, PGA, NASCAR, UFC, uh, esports. Seriously, everything. Tennis. It's everything. If they have contests for it, we have with co- we have content for it. Tools, everything created by the number one ranked DFS player in the world. It's seriously the best deal in the DFS space you're going to get all year, maybe ever. That's amazing just to see that right there. And we have it here for you today. So if you're in the chat and you just heard Lofty explain all of that and you're not a Yahoo DFS player, there's only so much we can do for you. There's only so much of which we can nudge you in the right direction. Look, everybody got hurt yesterday. Right. I mean, everybody at some point, it felt like the entire NFL had to miss some time, be it a snap or an entire rest of the game. Quarterbacks of plenty went down from Chicago to Indianapolis. We know Baker Mayfield hurt a little bit. So where to begin? I mean, Lafayette, if you want to just kind of focus on maybe a biggest area of concern, so much is going to be on the quarterbacks. I know first and foremost, but we had a ton, including, as you mentioned, that Niners backfield that we spent a couple of days last week talking about with Elijah Mitchell expected to get the majority of the work share on Sunday. So if it's Carson Wentz, if it's Baker Mayfield, or maybe even Andy Dalton at the top, the quarterback position took a pretty big hit yesterday. Huge hit. But unless you're playing in super flex leagues, unless you're playing in two quarterback leagues or just really deep leagues, you're not really worried about this. Now, I'll say two things. One, like Baker Mayfield's back, he's fine. Carson Wentz now has sprained. He sprained. How do you sprain both ankles? Like, that only happens if you jump off of a surface that's too high. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know how it happens on a single play in a football game. Right? <laughs> Did you see the game? Yeah. I, it was pretty he bad. He threw an interception on a shovel pass, Dude, so anything I, is possible. It's not just that he threw an interception on a shovel pass. It's that even if he didn't, there was no one there to catch it. He threw it at his center's back. Yep. So I don't know, man. I don't know. What I do know is, like I said, you jump off a two-story building, you jump off a 10-foot surface onto the ground, both ankle sprain. I look at you and I go, you're dumb, but I get how that happened. Two ankle sprains playing football? God only knows. So that happens, and it's like you're not really starting Carson Wentz, but I was huge on Michael Pittman all year, and Paris Campbell's once again hurt. I'm pretty sure Ben was a Pittman guy as well. The guy has that alpha-type ability, right? We talked about that with Court and Sutton, and we saw that yesterday that he's healthy. But it hurts Pittman a lot more is the issue, right? Like Jacob Eason threw an interception on his first snap. This is the problem. It's not that you can't play Carson Wentz. It's that – Now that Tyrod Taylor is out, Brandon Cooks takes a massive hit with Davis Mills in there. And it saddens me because I've kind of always been of the mindset that Tyrod Taylor's not great, but he's also not nearly as bad as people said he was coming into the season. He's always been a league average quarterback, even dating back to the Bills, right? Like, he's been a league average guy, but he got shit on. And he was playing great, man. They were in that game against the Browns as 12-point dogs, bigger than that in some spots. I think it opened at like 13-and-a-half. Oh, so, I got him at 13-and-a-half. I was telling right. Ross all week on the Awesome Betting Show, jump in! Yeah, right. I mean, dude, yeah. The, the, if Terod Taylor stayed healthy, that game's not happening, but it hurts Brandon Cooks. It they might have won it with Taylor healthy. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. He looked good. But, you know, when you think about it, Cooks, 
and Michael Pittman. That's where the overall overall um, uh, flow and efficiency of the offense. So it hurts the Jonathan Taylors now, right? It hurts yeah. it, 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 whoever the running the starting running back is getting the work for for Houston. Uh, it's just that trickle down effect, and 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 that's kind of what sucks. The biggest thing is the Andy Dalton injury. Justin Fields came in, he stunk it up, but I, I just can't wait until Andy Dalton is reinserted by Matt Nagy back into the starting lineup in like week five after he's healthy and people go nuts in Chicago. He already said that, Ben. Did you catch that earlier today that he's the starting quarterback when healthy? They always say that. Wait, then... wait, wait. I just, Ben, I just tweeted, going to be hilarious when Matt Nagy reinserts Andy Dalton into the starting lineup after he gets healthy again. I'm not making this up. 30 seconds after I tweet that, Adam Schefter goes, Bears say Andy Dalton still is their starting QB if healthy. They, but this came out this morning. Uh, you guys missed that. Like they, they, Matt Nagy was under fire because he refused to answer a question about Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, even though it came out earlier from Nagy that, and I guess this was after the game that Andy Dalton ain't going anywhere as the starting quarterback. I mean, at some point, can't you just like at some point, aren't you self-aware that the facade is over? and that you are wearing no clothes as the emperor? I mean, doesn't that as a self-realization happen at some point? I don't I don't mind it. Maybe he shouldn't have said anything, but here's how I interpret it. Okay, if Justin Fields is good, he's not going, unless this guy is really, then that's a whole different story. But he just won't bring him back, just like this happens all the time. And if he's bad, then he can say, you see, you know, that's fine. I always said that we're going to go back to Dalton because there's no way, just like Herbert, or Dak Prescott with Romo. Like, if he's really good, they're not going to go back. They will – Chicago will cease to exist. They would just liquidate <laughs> the city. Uh, they're not yeah. going to stand for that if Fields is good. That is a good point. Coaches do not care if they renege on their prior commitments. Yeah, they just – if Fields is good, I no. promise you they will keep him in there, and they'll just be like, yeah, we, we have to go with the guy – who was recently in the last couple of years – Maybe it was Tyrod Taylor because he always gets the short end of the stick. Where they were just well, like, he got I don't jabbed care what in the happens. Too. Like, we will go back to Tyrod Taylor. And then Herbert was just good. And they were just like, Yeah, well, sorry. Uh, had to make the best decision. I feel like there was another one. There was. Well, I do you remember years ago here in Philadelphia, Lofi, and maybe Ben, you were keen to this as well, but Kevin Cobb got hit and suffered a concussion. And Andy Reid came out and said, Don't worry. Nobody loses their job to injury. And guess who stepped in and took that job right away? Mike Vick. Mike Vick. So yeah. I feel like with the quarterback position, we see this a lot. And the only difference maker is usually if there's a rookie, like in the case of Fields. Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, I think, I think Nagy is – I don't think the way he presents the, these things is right. But I, I do think that he puts himself in a situation now where, like Ben said, if Fields sucks, he's like, I told you. You know, he's not ready. Yeah. And if he's good, he has no problem being like, all right, he's played well enough. We're com- if Cam, if Bill Belichick is a perfect example. He said that Cam Newton was, was going to be the starter, and then he's like, well, it's a competition. We haven't decided yet. He went, we worked backwards. Nobody cares about that, right? All they want is the best player on the field. So uh, if Fields is on your waiver and he shouldn't be, Pick him up right now because it's the rushing upside. Forget about the fact that he only completed six of 13 passes and threw an ugly interception. 
Look at Jalen Hurts yesterday. They did. They had completed four passes in the second half, and the guy still had almost 22 fantasy points. Like you want the cheat code, rushing upside. That's what you want. If if her if Fields is out there, pick him up. Um, but I wouldn't spend too much if you already have a good quarterback, right? Like if you already have a good starter right. and you have a short bench, I'd be careful about that because we don't know what Matt Nagy's going to do. All right, Ben, just looking at Tua, before we start to look at some other positions here, I know Chad asking about Henderson, but in that kind of vein of what we talked about with Baker Mayfield, Tua is avoiding you know, serious injury moving forward. But just with you guys looking at another quarterback and the trickle-down effect that it has with guys around him, how big of a concern is that now? Or is are we still kind of in that Baker Mayfield slash not necessarily this ridiculous concern like we are maybe with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge deal. From what I saw, it's it's ribs, it's a pain tolerance. But regardless of who's under center, you know, I, I think that Miami's pass catchers and Gaskin, it's not a huge difference, to be honest. Just because Tua, I don't know how effective he, he was really going to be uh, this season. I think there's real questions about where he's at. In general, you've got Waddle, who... He's a pretty explosive player. They got to get more healthy, and they really could use certainly Will Fuller uh, at times. Maybe it, w- it would affect him more and more, but it doesn't seem like a major injury, and I don't think there's a, a major drop-off. You're not losing an elite top-tier quarterback where it's a massive downgrade to the weapons. To me, of all the guys we're talking about, Wentz to Eason would be Big the time. biggest drop-off, and that could be really concerning for Pittman. Honestly, I think Terod yeah. Taylor Davis Mills is, is, is equally – significant with how bad he looked as well yeah i don't you guys are what did i carson wentz way too much props man no it's did you see that bro he threw it directly to jalen ramsey directly i don't know what eason was looking at and that's the only tape i've seen of him in the nfl so that's all i got to go off of wait wait, that's fair that's fair it's not about giving him credit it's just surely an indictment on jacob eason like correct yeah carson wentz has at least started games in the nfl he can at least he can at least make you somewhat – hold on. Well, hold on wait, 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 Years ago. But no, no, not at all, dude. They faced – you're way off on this, man. They faced the Rams yesterday, okay? Right? It was the Rams. Yeah, Indianapolis yeah. the Rams. And, right. and that secondary is ferocious. You had Paris Campbell was out. T.Y. Hilton was out. And Michael Pittman Jr., a second-year player who missed games last year, had 11 for 150 or uh, sorry 8 for 8 for 123 on 12 targets. So the drop off to me like yeah, Wentz isn't that good. He makes bad plays. He sucks in the red zone. But if you can support an 8 for 123 game for Michael Pittman and I believe most of that production came under Wentz, I think that's pretty significant honestly. Yeah. So I'll meet you on that and say that Pittman is is definitely the key benefactor from that, but the problem that I see with Wentz is that the decision-making, holding on to the football, especially trying to create something that's not there, that's such a problem because it negates what you were talking about with Jalen Hurts and other guys who can move on the ground where you've removed – not only have you removed his ability to run, which Carson can, but it's now a negative when he's out there. But you're right. You're not going to find anybody like Pittman, and I'll concede that point that has benefited from Eason at the very least. But you had to look at the, the drop off, not from like good to bad, but in terms of like if you had a Ford Pinto, that sucks, right? And 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 your life is probably in a bad spot. If you drop that, if, if you lose that Ford Pinto and you have to drive a Fred Flintstone car 
and propel it with your feet, that's so much worse, even though your initial car was shit, right? Like now you're at a spot where you can't move. So uh, yeah, Carson Wentz wasn't good, but Jacob Eason might be that much worse that the offense can't put it together 150 yards in a game. Is this Wentz a Pinto or a Dotson? Duster. I mean, just just take any example you want and then throw it down to a car where you have I'm to. Sorry. We have to move Not it. to rail. Tough scene. And this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I'm just going to throw this out to you on the spot. Name, you get three seconds. Who is the Jets' backup quarterback? Carson Wentz. That's close. The Jets literally have no backup quarterback that I've ever heard of. Who I, is I, his name is Mike White. Mike huh. White. Is he a made-up guy like one of your made-up schools? Cre- like, I was wondering why they didn't potentially pull Zach Wilson, and now I realize that they, they have no one behind him. So, Wilson, <laughs> Yeah, Wilson's been really, really oh bad. Oh, my God. Brutal. When you said Jacob Eason, I was thinking about other examples of just dangerously bad play, and that, that of course, came to my mind. But, yeah, the Jets' backup quarterback, they have Josh Johnson as well, but Mike White, little-known. Chris Mike White. Western Kentucky. Yeah, okay, yeah. I remember him from college. A little, I think he was at South Florida as well, but man, times are His tough. stock photo looks like somebody who's just created, like a Madden guy who works on this game, just slid himself in the game. A little hey. Easter egg. It's not actually a real person. He's just, yes, exactly. If I could say it. All right. <laughs> Yo, who was, the, who was the quarterback that started for the Rams and his picture at Wikipedia last year was him chugging Natty Lights on top of a car? Do you not remember that? No. No, oh, wait, I, I remember he got hurt. He could run around, right? But he got hurt. So the Rams guy's it... name was Walford, but the Walford, Arizona right. guy, because Kyler Murray got hurt, and it was backup versus backup in week 17. That's right. Yeah. His name was like Shrivinger or something. He was from like South Dakota. That guy was a character. Walford, okay, is right. yeah. Walford is who I had on the brain, too. That's right. Was he the guy chugging or was it the S guy? Yeah. That, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Now, before we dive too deep into this rabbit hole, let's pull out and look at the running back position because we came into this weekend with some heavy expectations for Elijah Mitchell. We talked a lot about Elijah Mitchell in this Niners backfield. So everybody got hurt for the San Francisco 49ers backfield. Lofty, why don't you start and just kind of look at how to approach this entire mess now moving forward? Poor Trey Sermon, man. I, You know, it's on one hand, it's like, I I was happy that he wasn't getting any work because this was a guy that I was adamantly against in the offseason, right? And like I was for Raheem Mostert, and that worked out great, right? Like it, it could have, who knows, but the guy's hurt already, so whatever. I, I was, you know, draft Raheem Mostert a round and a half after Trey Sermon. But then I was even more vindicated when when you saw that he wasn't even getting opportunities until right. until both the backup to Raheem Mostert and the backup to the backup go down. But Trey Sermon, man, that's so unfortunate. Like, he comes in, he gets smoked. I mean, not just that helmet hit the helmet hit, which I don't know how you can avoid that if you're the Eagles, I'll be honest with you. But then the head and the neck just compacting into the ground. His neck just disappeared uh, on impact. So Eli Mitchell's got the shoulder, uh, and then Hasty's got an injury. This is just one where you monitor it. Now, I will say this, though. Eli Mitchell, despite not being particularly effective, because I do think this Eagles run defense is pretty decent, uh, was getting the clear lion's share of opportunities. I mean, he picked up another 17 carries yesterday, Ben, and 
while he only had 42 yards, he was targeted twice on the ground had a, or, uh, through the air, had 11 yards there. And then he went out, and then Hasty came in and got some, and then he got went out, and then Sermon came in. But, I mean, it seems like Kyle Shanahan clearly intended on using Mitchell as the clear bell cow for the majority of that game, which he did when, when he was healthy. Yeah, just a, a crazy situation where it's, you know, one position like this, and then Hasty goes down. I will say, when Trey Sermon fumbled, I thought he was doing the old – I know I fumbled. Let me just make like I'm I'm injured because it's my first carry. And then I saw the replay. Uh, just a brutal situation, I guess. I mean, of course, there's a wait and see element. But what happens if all of these guys are banged up for some time? Trenton Cannon. Trenton Cannon? Not Trent Cannon. Trenton Trent Cannon. Cannon. Okay. Trent. Yeah, that's a guy, uh, a for- former New York Jet. I, I mean, obviously, it's only dependent on if all these other guys are hurt. But someone's going to have to take these carries. I think Debo Samuel will get some carries. Not that they're going to use them at running back, but they, they've been prone to do that. But someone's going to have to pick up these touches because the 49ers' identity is that. And they don't want Jimmy G. Jimmy G was running the ball yesterday, which is crazy. I know. Maybe well, you kind of had to to make up for just some brutal misses in that first half. Did see a trade question here just real quick as we continue on. The injuries. Lima W just traded Robbie Anderson and Melvin Gordon for Robert Woods. Win or loss? Mike Filipponi wasted no time hitting him up with the L. Uh, yeah, it's a loss. Ben? Loss? Yeah, yeah I mean, right now, I, I guess. He's not maybe... going to Hollywood. You're giving him an L? Yeah. I, I mean, Robert Woods is in a buy low spot. I get it. I just, I like Melvin Gordon. Okay. Just curious. For me, I like what people. For me, it's just people massively overvalue rookie running backs. And yep. sometimes it works out. A lot of times it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Najee Harris had a stiff arm against the defender yesterday that was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Like, offhand throws him into the sidelines. Like, yo, hey, man, this guy is tough. He can run. He's strong. He's going to have himself some games. But. Javante Williams has 14 and 13 carries over his first two weeks, right? Melvin Gordon has 11 and 13. Are we to assume that Melvin Gordon begins to get phased out of the offense? Well, it's hard to look at like Mark Ingram or or previous examples of this where they did. You have to be looking at what type of production they've seen. And, And thus far, I know Belva Gordon had that 70-yard run, but thus far it's not like Javante Williams has been markedly more effective than he has. So it's probably not the worst trade, honestly, now that I break it down, because Robbie Anderson, I anticipate his overall target share being down considerably from last year. Uh, But Robert Woods was losing snaps to to Van Jefferson, and you know I think Robert Woods is still going to have a, a good season, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't have you know some small concerns about if he's going to be as good as he was in seasons past. The, the other thing real quick is the Broncos are 2-0 and and they play the Jets. Like, if, if they were just a disaster season, I could see them saying, let's just get this guy more and more touches. But they're going to be 3-0 and most likely. So good Melvin point. Gordon's going to stay in these plans, I think, longer than people anticipate. That's a good point. Yeah, especially when you look at that line for Denver, too. So, real quick, Daryl Henderson asked not only in the chat, but somebody that we wanted to bring up at the running back position. Looks like Dalvin Cook with that ankle plays through it. The numbers would reflect that. So, let's look at Henderson, I think, more so than not, as far as maybe any long-term concerns with that rib injury. 
Yeah. Uh, that has been a perennial issue with Daryl Henderson. Can he stay healthy? You know, and, and it, it, I'll be honest with you, it doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal. Uh, but in the event that it is, Sonny Michelle is, is the guy. And even if you gra- – th- this is the problem, right? If you grab Sonny Michelle now, there's probably going to be somebody that overpays for him. And that's an issue because you probably only have him for a couple of weeks at best. And this upcoming matchup for the Rams is the Tampa Bay Bucks which is a brutal matchup altogether. So if Sonny Michelle's on your waiver wire, I, I would love to tell you to grab him, but I'm at a stage right now where unless we, we know what Daryl Henderson's injury is before your waivers process, it's a stay-away spot for me. Sonny Michelle, too, is is – I get that they'd be content with giving him a lot of usage on the ground, but I don't think he's the ideal back for this type of offense, to be honest. He's more of a one-dimensional – type of guy and the way the Rams operate. I'm with you. It, it seems like maybe in a very specific circumstance, if you're trying to spell a couple of weeks, but a lot of things have to go right in terms of your, the matchups, what you're getting, making it the right budget and whatnot. So I get it. It's a, a crazy talking point. It's one of the main storylines coming out of it, but it doesn't seem like a serious injury. Again, ribs uh, usually is not a major issue. It's more pain tolerance, just like with Tua. I think Henderson will be back sooner rather than later, and I don't know if Sony Michelle will pay major dividends either. So, Gotti the machine, and, and it's a bigger picture question based on who is on your squad, I think more so than just a swap straight up. Hopefully he's not dealing with the handcuff scenario of Henderson and Michelle. But Gotti underscore, sorry, I don't want to leave the underscore out, the machine, has Henderson in his league. Do you worry about putting him on the IR or just kind of what you alluded to, Ben, where this is a short term, you kind of just have to stick them on the bench for a week or two and see how this plays out. I personally, if you can, if you have the luxury of doing it, I would wait and see what happens. I think you'll get more clarity sooner rather than later with this. Uh, and then you'll, you know, maybe you do have to stash him. But if not, I have a feeling there's a lot of scenarios where you, you don't want to overreact to this because it might not be that big a deal. And there's a lot of leagues out there where you can't put someone on the IR unless they're actually on the IR. So uh, I'm assuming yeah, this is one of the here. leagues where he can do that, but a lot of them you can't. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Ben. Just wait a couple of days. There's a very good chance by later today or tomorrow we know exactly what's wrong with Daryl Anderson. Right. So why, why be hasty right yeah. now and make a decision that's going to burn you by all means? A couple of wideouts to look at. We have – a tight end, a pretty popular tight end across the board here for Jacksonville that popped up in some crunches. <laughs> Did you see the eye roll, by the way, just now, Luffy, from Rasa? I, I think O'Shaughnessy Ugh. burned Rasa's rear a couple of times over on a player prop. Is that right? We, we I don't even know if we have time for Jarvis Landry and Russell Gage based on that look from O'Shaughnessy. My goodness. I mean, it was just that kind of Sunday. Uh he obviously didn't do a lot because when you when you get hurt and you don't play, it's very difficult to get production. I don't know. You know, this was a guy we talked about as potential pickup. It was probably luxury. There was nothing, you know, really there. It's just Jacksonville is a dumpster fire on many, many levels. So one of the guys that goes down, Aton, I know you just mentioned, of course, the Browns receivers with Jarvis Landry, yep. Odell potentially coming back. You got Peoples-Jones, Schwartz is banged up. That's one that's really difficult to peg right now, but one we definitely worth talking about. Well, go ahead. You can start the combo with him. Uh, see, I was trying to do the thing where I, I got to piggyback off. 
you guys with this one because I really don't know what to make of it. Uh, you know, they when I think of the Browns, maybe it's just Lofty's been incepting me too much with, with this Chubb talk. Uh, I do think they want to just run the ball here, and he is so effective. Baker, at times, the volume is down, and I think they're, they're going to be able to get by with that. I do think they've been very cautious with Odell. should be back, especially now with Landry uh, going down with the knee issue. Peoples-Jones hasn't done it yet, but it seems like he should be in line for more going forward, and I, I like him as a player. Then you got the tight ends as well, so I don't think it, it filters to one specific guy with this Browns passing attack, but clearly uh, with Landry going down, it's going to open up some type of target share for these remaining players. Do we know the extent of the injury with Landry yet? I haven't seen it. I'll tell you in a second. It doesn't it doesn't look like it's it's anything definitive like we have with O'Shaughnessy week to week with that. It's an MCL sprain. So we've seen guys play through this. We've seen this be a nagging injury. We've seen some guys shut it down for a couple of weeks. Right now he's week to week. I guess the big thing that I would ask, and we've talked about this, Lofi, is how much does this directly impact Baker Mayfield? A ton. A ton. I mean, that's your safety valve. And to to Ben's point, maybe you start looking to the tight ends a little bit more. So this season, and just pull this up here real quick. This season, Jarvis Landry has ran fifty three percent of his out of his routes are lined up out of the slot 53% of the time. Um, Higgins is at 45% people's Jones at 29. They definitely move these guys around. Uh, and I, I don't really know, uh, Demetric Felton, how many, I don't know how many snaps he played last game, but, uh, he has been in 67% of slot routes as well. So you're going to just see them move a lot of people around. I would assume that people's Jones, begins to get more of a role, but I would have thought that when Odell Beckham didn't play the first two games as well. So that to me is strange. And, you know, Anthony Schwartz has been an outside guy, but in week one, he was actually targeted relatively frequently. So to, this right now is just a, a mess because I don't have any confidence that any of these players are going to be uh, targeted more or less than they were. And it looks like you're probably just going to see it spread around a lot more than it was. If you're looking for a waiver wire pickup, you know, probably people's Jones or Schwartz would be the guy. But outside of that, I don't really see anybody that I love here. And I'll throw this out there as well. I know Kareem Hunt was only targeted one time last game, but he's going to be involved more in the passing game. As Ben said, Nick Chubb averaging almost seven yards per attempt this year because he's the GOAT. Uh, he is going to just – they're just going to run as much as they can. And uh, in games where they fall behind, they'll spread it out. You'll see Hooper. You'll see Njoku. You'll see Schwartz. You'll see Peoples-Jones. You'll see Felton. You'll see all of these guys. And uh, there's nobody I feel great about in this passing offense. And Odell should be back. Odell's the real winner here if he comes back in yeah. full capacity. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think – we're not going to see an uptick in throws unless the Browns are down significantly, right? It's not like – there's going to be a, a 40 to 45 clip attempt for Baker Mayfield, at least onset with the script. So to your point about the ball being spread around, you're already dealing with, with kind of that situation of it being flexed real quick though, Luffy, you mentioned waiver wire and kind of looking at the Browns. Why don't we look at that now as we're winding down here on the awesome fantasy football show. Again, take full advantage, hit that thumbs up button. First and foremost, make sure you're subscribed to the Awesome Fantasy Football channel and then take full advantage as a new 
Yahoo DFS player. You see it right there at the top. You're going to get two free months of Awesome Plus Platinum. And on top of that, you can take full advantage of everything we have across the board for Yahoo DFS tournaments, where we are going to prepare you for that with the Awesome Plus Platinum and beyond. It's not just the NFL, of course, with your first deposit and paid contest entries. So why don't we start to look at a couple of waiver wire priorities Lofty, you want to kick things off as we kind of wind down and still hit up a couple of questions if we can on the chat before we get out of here. Yeah, uh, for me, the biggest priority, no doubt, and I'm, I'm pulling it up right now to see just like where in our in Yahoo leagues, I want to see how owned he is because I know he'll be relatively owned, but nothing crazy. Uh, wow. Okay, I'm sorry. Rostered. 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 Yeah. Not owned. It's a live show. We can't cut that up and replace it. Sorry. Yeah, I must be careful. Uh, 34%, 34% rostered on Yahoo. That is way, way low for Rondell Moore. Now, I said after week one, I didn't really know. I, I have you to admit when I'm uncertain of something. A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, all three of them clearly behind DeAndre Hopkins. And then you have Chase Edmonds as a pass catcher. You have Kyler Murray can run. But this offense looks electric. And – it appears as of now that Rondell Moore could become the number two option behind uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And if that happens to be the case, this dude could be insane. I know Ben can speak to Rondell Moore because he knows that he had like 77% of his total yards came out. And you would probably know too, Aton, you're a college guy. 77% of his total yards at Purdue came after the catch. Uh, and I know mm. he had a lost season and he had one bad year, but – this season, get this. This will blow your mind, okay? He has 183 yards. 157 of them have come after the catch. 157. Wow. Now, I know one was a long catch and run, but he made some great moves on that. That's 86%. 86% of his yards have come after the catch this year. The guy can absolutely make something out of nothing. And we might start to see the pecking order become a little bit more defined in Arizona and if that's the case, Moore, who has 11 receptions on 13 targets, 182 yards, and eight targets that led the team in week two, this guy, you should you should be putting in uh, like aggressive bids to get Rondell Moore. That's how I feel about him this week. Dynamic offense, and he's the type of player. The thing that we we talked about this on the DFS show yesterday. The volume at times with so many other priorities can be difficult, but he's the type of guy he only needs a couple of touches because he can turn a bubble screen. He can turn a slant into an 80-yard touchdown. Never mind if they, you know, the other thing, Hopkins is always going to draw the top corner. He's always going to draw the elite coverage. Rondo Moore is poised to thrive in this offense. He's definitely not going to have consistency. He's more of like a best ball type luxury player in, in my mind because he's going to have some performances where they don't turn into house calls and he has like three targets two catches 12 yards but you got to be willing to live with that this guy is electric and at purdue i mean he was one of if not the best playmakers in the country he, he's a really good player and they got to steal with him and even if you aren't drafting him to start him each week that's a guy you want on your bench like there are yeah. going to be matchups yeah. where you go yeah i'm starting rondell Moore this week yeah and he's a, I, I like three... him. go ahead sorry i was going to say his preseason total was 575 and a half. And you're looking at the big play element that can put you over that by week eight. But to your point, you could be sweating this out. 
as well if you have a cup. But I'd much rather have him, to Laffy's point, I'd much rather have him on my bench than not, especially if you're dealing with situations where a guy, a starter gets hurt or maybe is struggling, and you're asking us in the chat, what do I do, what do I do? I've got this Rondell Moore kid on the bench, and then Laffy's like, what are you doing? You should be playing him, come on. So I, I think that there's a ton of value there, but I just found it interesting how close he is to that total after two weeks. But to your point about it, Rasa, where he could easily just kind of fade out just because of the lack of volume as well. He's got about a third of those yards already. I think he's all right. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to yeah. be. He's going to be good. On that offense. We'll see. Very... We'll come back to this because in six weeks, if he's hovering at 500 or 400, we'll come back to that by any means. Uh, anybody for you, Ben? that you are prioritizing on the waiver wire here. So another guy kind of in that same bucket, I, I think with Rondell Moore is Hen we talked about earlier, Henry Ruggs uh, is showing that he's got some skills and if Derek Carr can get him the ball, there's no doubt about <laughs> it. Uh, obviously, Jermichael Hasty, that's that's an if statement. If he's the only one, if he's the lone survivor, certainly anyone <laughs> in San Francisco's backfield <laughs> that has it to themselves is gonna be worth it. but. Henry Ruggs has shown, I, I didn't think that Derek Carr would be able to get him the ball where he needs it, which is he's a burner. He's that type of home run play. We've seen already that maybe that's not the case. So if the Raiders offense is going to continue to operate like this, you've got Jacobs, you've got Waller. Now you've got the third level with Ruggs. He's going to be sim similar to Rondell Moore, explosive at times. And you, you definitely want to pay attention to that. It's going to be a popular name this week. All right. Let me throw one out, and it's not meant to go into deep, deep conversation. I'm just kind of curious. Rapid fire, because of the day that we saw, a little banged up to Russell Gage there as well, who did come back. But what are your thoughts on, on any type of movement, especially if available on the waiver wire, for somebody in Cordell, uh, Cordell Patterson, pardon me, where rushing, receiving, it doesn't have to be a big amount of volume, but clearly with question marks about Mike Davis and this offense that took a week, maybe week and a half to really get going, he was part of that. He doesn't have to be a full-time player to get some scores. I'm just curious on the way out, your thoughts on Patterson. I think he's a perfectly reasonable pickup. I, I, don't, I don't see there being an instance where he's just taking over in the backfield for Mike Davis, but I, I think you could be working we could be working our way closer to a split uh and in terms of pass catching opportunities i again don't ignore mike davis still caught all seven of his passes he was in a, he's not efficient on them only 25 yards but he's now been targeted 13 times in two games so coderell patterson has played uh 24 snaps in in back-to-back -back games he will get on the field he's going to get some chances he'll probably be a 10 touch per game guy and I think for someone that can, he's a playmaker. Like Cordero Patterson can make plays. So yeah, I have no problem picking him up. Not putting an aggressive bid on them there. You still have Davis. You still have Ridley. You still have Michael Pitts. So there are Kyle Pitts. Sorry, you still have all of those guys. But as someone that can make plays and break one from time to time, I think Patterson's fine. Uh, I wouldn't put him at the top of my list though. I think I'm a little more skeptical. I'll be honest. He ran pretty hot with touchdowns. I don't think the volume is going to be there in any major capacity, no matter what happens, because Mike Davis's skill set and his kind of overlap, it's not like he'll carve out uh, a strictly like pass catching role because Mike Davis can't catch. He, he certainly can. So Patterson is a playmaker. He can be explosive. But I, I worry a little that you're going to need to run pretty hot like you needed to do uh, yesterday with him falling in the end zone here and there. 
J Dog says, I don't trust rugs. I'll take Patterson over rugs. Mm. Uh, you're nuts, bro. No. I, I, no, I'm sorry. You're outside of Darren Waller in the passing game. Who do you have? Like, okay, sure, Renfro's going to have what game here or there? Brian Edwards, you know. Ruggs could end up being a guy that is in your starting lineup every single week. We don't know, but he could be. The The likelihood of Cordero Patterson being in your starting lineup every week is 0% unless you have an awful team. That's simple. Yeah, that's a great point. Unless you're drafting with a bunch of sharps and you shouldn't be in that league anyway if that's the case. At Lofty underscore D, at Jazz Raz DFS, at Shander Show for me. Fellas, thank you. We're back on Friday with another edition. We'll handle all your start and sits for week three in the NFL. Thanks to Chris and thanks to Yahoo. Take full advantage of that two free months of Awesome Plus Platinum on your first deposit and paid contest entry. Have a great week. You are fully prepared for week three, so no excuses on our end. Thanks again. Thank you.